You are listening to episode 27 with Greg Kessman, Managing Director of Plug and Play. Welcome everyone to The Multiplier Effect, an Endeavor NWA podcast. To keep up with the astounding pace of growth, sustain, we have to really look at how we provide optionality for our entrepreneurs. We're seeing a lot more volume go through e-commerce, and that has a tremendous impact on supply chain. Whether you're a manufacturer or a retailer, how you ship the product, how you inventory the product changes significantly. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Multiplier Effect. As part of the last episode of our three-part mini-series discussing the power of corporate partnerships in our entrepreneurial support community, this week we're joined by Greg Kessman, Managing Director of Plug and Play. Plug and Play connects the largest corporations to the world's best startups through industry-focused accelerator programs in Bentonville, Silicon Valley, and beyond. They run over 50 industry-themed accelerator programs in cities around the world each year and partner with over 400 leading corporate partners to make it happen. Prior to joining the Plug and Play team, Greg was the president of SupplyPike, a cloud-based supply chain management software company. He's also held a variety of supply chain leadership roles with Nestle. He led the customer-facing supply chain for Nestle, where he was responsible for customer collaboration, replenishment, forecasting, and annual plan execution. He holds a Bachelor's of Science in Management Science from the University of California, San Diego, and an MBA from the University of Southern California. We're so excited to have him on the show today. Janem, kick us off. Hi, Greg. Thanks so much for joining us today. Most importantly, how are you doing? How are your family and friends and loved ones and colleagues? Everybody safe and healthy? Yes. Well, thank you for having me too. Uh, um, yes, everyone's safe and healthy and enjoying this extra time we get to spend together now that we're all trying to stay closer to and really not going out much at all. So, you know, it's actually been a really good family time for all of us. How are things going with you? Good. Thanks. Yeah, that's the silver lining in this. You get a little regret when your kids start school and you're like, oh, have I missed this time period, but we have spent a lot of time together this year. So silver linings. But I want to actually speaking of family, I want to talk to you a little bit about plug and play today and your background. So tell us about your move to Arkansas. Tell us about your transition to plug and play. Great. Well, yeah, I'll start with my move to Arkansas. So I was my background is mainly in supply chain and working for a large food manufacturer who has significant business with Walmart. So about seven years ago, they convinced me to move out here and work on supply chain initiatives with with Walmart. And you know, it's a classic story that you hear in Northwest Arkansas several times. They convinced me to move out here for three years. It's a three-year assignment and my family and I started to love the area. And we realized there's just so much that you can do here from a family perspective. And the things that we were really important to us, like good schools, safe surroundings, lots of activities, lots of things for the kids to do are all right here in Northwest Arkansas. So we found that this was a great place to raise a family and decide to settle down here. The other thing that I learned very quickly is that there's a great technology and startup ecosystem that's developing in Northwest Arkansas. And that's really what attracted me to join Plug and Play. So, you know, Plug and Play, and you know, I've had another role between the large food manufacturer and Plug and Play, but Plug and Play really has, you know, focus on developing these startups and really trying to establish a presence here in Northwest Arkansas. You know, I'm looking forward to helping lead that development. Excellent. Yeah. And you're from the West Coast. So this was, a, and I'm from the East Coast. So I know our listeners have heard me talk about this, but it was a big transition moving here, being close to the ocean and then sort of 
coming to the middle of the country. What do you appreciate most about being here versus having been on the West Coast? Well, I mean, right now, like in the pandemic, there's only 750 or 800,000 of us around in this area, right? So it's kind of nice being in a smaller area where you feel like you can go outside and you know not necessarily be around a large populated area. The other things too is just everything's closer here. So you can spend a lot more time with your family. And now, like we just mentioned, we're going to spend a lot more time with our family. <laughs> but before that, uh, you know, we it only took us, you know, a few minutes to get to our kids' schools. We're in Los Angeles, uh, where we're from and we're based out of. Before this, it would have taken us, you know, half hour up to an hour, depending on traffic in some cases, right? So that saves a ton of time. And allows us to spend a lot more meaningful time with the family. So true. I couldn't agree more. I lived about a mile from work in Manhattan. It would take me 40 minutes, which is crazy to think about now. But um, you're part of the season two of our podcast, and we're featuring this sort of three-part mini-series on how corporate partnership programs play such a critical role in our thriving ecosystem and in building it out. So um, what is plug and play? What do you do? Uh, and how do you do it? Well, I mean, that's a great question and definitely ties into building out this corporate ecosystem here. So, you know, Plug and Play operates an innovation platform, and we focus on three key areas. So we have a startup accelerator program, we have a corporate innovation program, and we also have a venture capital arm. Our startup accelerator program, we typically attract about 20,000 startups a year into our ecosystem, and then use that base of 20,000 to select which ones will be part of our accelerator program. And then what's interesting about our accelerator program is we actually tie that into our corporate innovation program. So this is a self-backing process uh, that we have between corporate innovation and startup accelerators. So our corporate partners actually provide us feedback on which technology trends they want to explore in the startup accelerator. We source startups, particularly around those technology focus areas. And then we actually allow our corporate partners to vote on which startups they want to bring into the accelerator. So what's, what's cool. Yeah. They get to vote on it. So is get it. To vote on. Ah, interesting. Yes. So, so we're not necessarily picking them. Now we get to provide some feedback and maybe some information that it might not be apparent to the corporation about, you know, maybe what other corporate partners have thought about the startup and why they were so interested in them. That's good. And that's relevant feedback for some of our corporate partners, particularly out here in Northwest Arkansas. But we're able to use that feedback to bring in what we think is the best startups. And now these startups, when they enter the accelerator program, they already have a way into these large corporations. They've already been introduced to these large corporations and these large corporations have already shown interest in these startups too, which is a great marriage. So they can bring these startups in, introduce them to these large corporations and actually start working on pilots and maybe even rollouts of their technology solutions. I love that. And you guys are across verticals, but specifically in Northwest Arkansas focused on supply chain, supply chain innovation, sort of talk to us about the different kinds of work you guys do in different sectors, and then talk to us a little bit more about what you're doing in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. So uh, we focus on 18 plus verticals, and this is just a way for us to categorize the startup technology that might match up to how corporations would think about the technology. So supply chain vertical in particular is focused on supply chain technology that a Walmart, a Tyson, or J.B. Hunt would focus on within their own corporation. So in that is transportation, logistics, demand planning, any type of predictive analytics, inventory management solutions. There's a ton of things that fall into the supply chain. We also focus on health technology, sustainability, so new types of energy and green energy type technologies, as well as retail 
technology as well. So plug and play has a number of different ways that we can bring innovation to corporations. It's just where are we connected with the corporations and what innovation do they want to see? And I think the supply chain topics specifically and all those other factors around it that you mentioned are so important, more important now than ever, right? As it relates to how the cold chain is going to work for the vaccines that are coming out, how we get our food into our stores and and what does that mean in a pandemic? I think it's become so much more relevant. Because you have this insider baseball view on this, talk to us about what your corporate partner what themes you're seeing emerge in the things in the next generation of sort of accelerated programs that they want done. So what are some big trends that you see from your corporate partners? Well, I think you hit on one of them right there is the cold chain that's going to support these pharmaceutical companies and maybe their vaccines and more than just their vaccines, but how they can support their supply chain going forward. So Actually, this morning, I I had a call with some other plug and play individuals from the health vertical that's looking at this issue right now, looking at with their pharmaceutical partners and saying, like, how, how can we establish a supply chain type program for specifically for pharmaceuticals? That might be a series of events. It might actually be an accelerator program, but we're working on that right now. The other trend that we're seeing, and it's it's more of an acceleration than just a a trend or a step function change, is that we're seeing a lot more volume go through e-commerce. And I think that we can all attest to that. We're Obviously, we're all ordering more more products that get delivered to our store, Um, but that that has a tremendous impact on supply chain. Whether you're a manufacturer or a retailer, how you ship the product, how you inventory the product, where you ship the product to, changes significantly if the product now going directly to the consumer versus a store or retail outlet. So we're working a lot with our partners on that right now, from uh, transportation solutions to planning that the volume to automation in a warehouse uh, to even drone deliveries that could get product to an end consumer. So we're working with a number of those uh, projects right now. Which I am guessing is very exciting, this contactless delivery method, right? I think gives people a lot of peace of mind. And then what are the sort of ramifications of that for employment and all the people working in the delivery industry. So I think that's going to be a very interesting area to watch. Talk to us about how corporate partnerships work. Like what are the most ex- successful examples of ways, and it can be in plug and play or just generally that this model of corporate sponsorship working with startup companies has been really successful, but also talk to us about some of the pitfalls. So are there situations where companies, startups specifically work through these programs, but then realize they don't have the infrastructure to meet demand or there's, there's other issues. So talk to us about both sides of the coin as it relates to this sort of partnership program. Got it. So corporate partnership program works as they sign, uh, our corporate partners are, are members of our innovation platform. So they sign up to be, to be a member. And what they do is they commit resources in the, by the way of what we call champion to participate in our innovation project. So we meet as a board out here, innovation board, once a month with our corporate partners. The champions uh, have been identified by the organizations as individuals who will represent their company on providing us feedback on interesting tech trends that they need to actually leverage with the startup accelerator program or any other feedback that they have of startups or technology that they're leveraging within their corporation. So it's really this collaborative platform that we're forming out here. What's interesting about that individual and the champion, these organizations, is it really has to be the right person. This is what we work with our partners on a lot, especially in the innovation program. Who do you identify as a champion within your organization that's going to work with an outside organization like Plug and Play to bring in 
outside innovation into your corporation. So one, find that this individual has to have a passion for technology. They have to understand, they have to want to explore some of these new tech areas. They just have to have a strong interest in it. So, so we see that as a very strong criteria for this individual. The other area that we see is that the individual has to have a considerable amount of influence over the organization. And what I mean by that is they need to be able to go into some of these working groups or work with the NIT team or work with a business unit and convince them that this outside innovation startup might be some something worth exploring. So we find that that's a necessary component too. And that, that really helps us a lot. So, you know, once, once our corporations identify those individuals and they start working with us, particularly out here in Northwest Arkansas, we've had a lot of success with bringing them really good startups that meet their needs right away. Because you've had such good exposure to the Northwest Arkansas region and actually had worked locally at sort of one of our our scale-ups, talk to us about what's missing in the region. So you have such a great view from plug and play and have this international perspective, but what does Northwest Arkansas need to be more successful? I mean, you know, I I mentioned it up front when we were talking about the area being smaller. Uh, It's it's a small area still, right? And it's growing, developing, um, but you know, certainly we need uh, 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 more talent. It's not to say the talent here isn't great. I actually think we have some of the great concentration of talent in, in the country for sure. But you can always use more, particularly if we want to talk about the growth of some of these startups or scale-ups. If I want to use a term that Endeavor uses all the time, which I think is a great term. But, you know, these scale-ups could, could grow 10x in a year. And when you're looking at trying to do that in an area like Northwest Arkansas that has unemployment that's all, always trails the national average and probably, and probably has not enough of the skilled employees that you'd want to drive some of these scale-ups, that, that, that is a concern. So you know, I know Plug and Play is working on bringing some more resources out here internally, but we're also working with our entrepreneurs to convince them to start some of their operations out here too, particularly if they get a significant business with a, one of the large corporations in the area. So that will help with the talent pool. I know the Northwest Arkansas Council and some of our other community partners in this area that, that backs the region are working on some relocation pack uh, plans to bring talent out here too. So that that's one area. Another area too, and I think it's been something that's been brought many, many times is, is uh, the lack of venture funding, particularly for startups. If, if you're looking to start a company and, and then eventually you have to uh, go for a few rounds of funding to to back the organization and, uh, and fuel the organization with the capital needed to, to grow it. We do find that there's not a lot of players in town right now. Plug and Play is committed to providing venture funding to this area by way of our startup accelerator. So we would look to back some of the startups that come through our accelerator program. And we're also looking to expand that to, even if they're not part of the plug and play ecosystem, something in this area where we can back a, a Northwest Arkansas startup. So that's something that we're committed to doing. I think the talent is such an important part of it. And we'd be remiss if we didn't actually mention the program, but the Northwest Arkansas Council's program is a $10,000 relocation bonus and a new bicycle for people looking to relocate to the area, which we're really excited about. And I know early, I've seen some early stats on the program and the numbers are really exciting. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that, that, that's a great program. And I also think what's, what's great about that program, obviously the $10,000 covers relocation expenses, right? And that, that's in line with what you receive probably from a large corporation if you're relocating. But the bike is something that's really exciting. Right? Who doesn't want to get a free bike? It kind of takes you back to your childhood when you would get a bike from your parent or something like that. So that's, that's something exciting about the program. And the bike also allows people to take up a new hobby in this area, which we know we have great biking trails and outdoor trails uh, here in this area. We've taken advantage of it both uh, personally and my family. And-
and there's really levels for every talent. So if you feel comfortable on paved roads that are wide, great. If you want to do some crazy trail biking, there's that too. So I think it is a fun gift and it's particularly in line with the pandemic. It's a great socially distant activity. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and let's stick on this talent because I couldn't agree more. And it's so funny you say bring in outside as part, you've said that several times as a phrase for plug and play. And I think Endeavor has sort of like a inward out sort of experience. We really want to help promote the companies that are already here. And I love the complementary nature of our programming, but the talent is so important. And this is something that you and I discussed briefly, but especially now the diversity of talent is such a big part of what's important to us as an organization, but really as a country. So talk to us a little bit about the work that Plug and Play is doing in supporting traditionally disenfranchised entrepreneurs or overlooked entrepreneurs. Yeah, well, well, Plug and Play is doing a lot in this area. One, just from my own talent pool standpoint and me personally running the office out here, looking at ensuring that we do have a, a diverse group of individuals that are part of our office that represent the community. And they, it could be the Northwest Arkansas community, it could be the greater community of the country. But, you know, certainly that that is something that I, I'm passionate about. I, I do believe that having a diverse workforce allows you to better connect with your partners, better connect with your customer base. And it's also just, you know, I think we lose sight of that sometimes because we're such business minded. It's just the right thing to do, right? When you talk about diversity and what it means to a, an organization, you know, oftentimes people put an or in between diversity and performance. And I struggle with that. So, you know, people will say like, do you want diversity or do you want a high performing team? I actually think you can have both. Right? And a lot of times it's just how do you source the talent and how do you how do you bring the talent to your team very similar to you know do you want to have high performing startups or do you want diverse startups and the answer to that is both right it should be a a diverse group of startups and high-performing startups. Uh, so Plug and Play is looking to expand uh, how we source talent within for our own internal uh, employment, um, but and also how we source startups and expanding our network into some of those areas where we probably didn't have a reach before. A lot, a lot of the way you source talent, the way you source startups, is just through your own internal network. And if you don't have a diverse network, you're probably not going to root those diverse companies. So we're definitely committed to expanding that network. I know personally here in Northwest Arkansas, I'm definitely going to expand the network to find some of those diverse candidates that I may not have part of my network, but they're part of it, an adjacent network that I can just easily bring into our organization. You and I did a class recently that was sponsored for us by the Northwest Arkansas Council, which I was very thankful for, called Let's Talk About Integrity and Race. And one of the themes that emerged for me that really stuck out to me is that is this idea of networks. And, you know, Northwest Arkansas is not a very diverse region. It's it's changing and it is becoming more inclusive. But I think between the Latinx and the African-American community, it's, it's still a very low percentage. And we have a, a very interesting population of size percentage of Marshallese community. So it is a small community of individuals that are traditionally disenfranchised in this country. And they are still underrepresented in terms of the number of businesses they have started and their scaling. So it's a huge part of, it's our job to be more inclusive in our networks, because I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's hard to source companies that are scale-ups or startups if you're only relying on your own networks and something we're certainly working on as well. Talk to us a little bit about, and this will change again, again, that subsect of the community we spoke about uh, for you know historically disenfranchised entrepreneurs, but what are the barriers to scaling a company or starting up a company in, in Northwest Arkansas? Some of the work you guys are doing is bringing in these amazing tech companies to solve these supply chain problems. But once they get here or if they establish here, what are some barriers for those companies? 
companies. The talent is, is obviously one of those barriers again. Another barrier is obviously the business development aspect of it. Because, you know, in a small area, you know, how much business can be developed here versus outside of this region. But, you know, what's interesting about Northwest Arkansas and, and what we bring in a lot of our supply chain startups into evaluate it, is that there are a lot of large companies that have uh, uh, the ones that are based out of here, obviously, Walmart, Tyson, J.B. Hunt, Simmons Foods, those are large organizations that any startup would be happy to establish a business with and a re- relationship with. But there's also a number of uh, suppliers that support those organizations, mainly the, you know, the Walmart supplier network. They have a very large presence here. And that the offices in this area have a, a large influence over their parent organization. So that you can really work to establish a number of business opportunities in this area that I think make it make it unique. And I think that's something that people are hesitant to explore when they, when they first come here. They don't necessarily believe it. They look at it and they say, you know, it's a very small area. You're in a small state. Your state has less than three million people. How how many opportunities are there really going to be for us to explore? And once you start making some of these introductions, which are typically pretty easy introductions too, because it's a you know smaller network. Once you start making some of these intro- introductions, I think you they, they start to realize the business opportunity of this area. Yeah, it sort of cuts both ways. It's a small network, which has its limitations, but it's a small network, which means that a lot of people know each other and people are generally very receptive to interesting business opportunities and exciting changes to the community. So I think, I think that small network helps uh, great ideas get accelerated even faster, mm-hmm. right? Because they're one step away from having an idea that and a solution that's just not installed at one large organization, but several. So, you know, we, we've seen, you know, a number of those companies have that happen where one of our partners will like an idea, share it amongst the other ones in this area. All of a sudden that startup has business with four out of five of our partners, which is unbelievable. So exciting. So before we move to our next segment, I want to ask you if, if you're a startup with a great idea in, in supply chain or really any of the verticals that plug and play touches, how should they get in touch with you? Um, well, certainly you can reach out to anyone at Plug and Play and, and we'll be happy to talk to that individual or the company about their idea, get to understand it a lot better than their their target market. And if we're organized around tech focus areas and verticals, so if it's not doesn't fall into our vertical, so if it's an idea that doesn't fall into supply chain, I will certainly pass that on to someone else in, in Plug and Play that can then evaluate that company and start to look to make connections within our network. If it's a great, we're always looking to bring great ideas into our platform because we want to share those with our corporate partners as soon as possible. Excellent. Okay, so our next segment, which is really exciting because it's sponsored by the Northwest Arkansas Council. And the council aims to ensure the region's successful future by working with partners to advance our quality of life, improve the region's workforce, create job opportunities, and keep up with our region's impressive growth. There are so many things to love about living in the heartland. So we ask each guest on our show, what do you love most about living in the heartland? I I love the lifestyle of the heartland. So the family life, which I mentioned several times, is unbelievable. Even if you're, you don't have a family, I've, uh, I've made a number of connections who just like the outdoor nature of it. You're always minutes away from a fishing trip or a bike ride or anything else that you can do outdoors, which is hard to find in, in a larger metropolitan area. I couldn't agree more. My answer changes on this every time I have a guest on the show. But, you know, I've, I've been so impressed with how easy and accessible nature is here. Right. We're 
20, 30 minutes from a float trip. We're two minutes from getting on this incredibly beautiful bike path, five minutes from a hike, which is right up Mount Sequoia. So it's all right here, but you still have this accessibility to a big city. So I really, I think that's such a perfect answer for Northwest Arkansas. This is called our call me crazy moment because the founder of Endeavor, Linda Rundberg, has always said, call me crazy. Crazy is a compliment. So we like to ask each guest on our show, what has been your call me crazy moment? Well, I, I think the craziest thing I, I ever did was declare this to be our home base as a family uh, a few years ago, left a, a large organization, which had a great career path for me too, and, and did everything to support and develop me. And it was just crazy to even leave that environment, but it really what did speak to uh, our family and even myself wanting to be part of this community. And so that, that was probably, I would say like one of the craziest things I've, I've done, probably not the most crazy answer you've heard on the show by any means, but, but for me, that, that's a stretch. So someone that who's usually thoughtful and conservative about the steps we take, especially as a family, that was probably one of the, the things that we did. We just kind of like took a detour off the course that we were on and said, we're going to plan ourselves here for a while. No, that's totally crazy, especially because, I mean, like that corporate transition is huge. You're giving up a lot of certainty and stability and then taking a risk, which I think because of the affordability of Northwest Arkansas is possible. So I love hearing that answer and I hope more people do it following in your footsteps. And then we have our last segment, which is our rapid fire segment. Um, So I'll just ask you quickly and let me know your answer. What time do you wake up and what time is bedtime? Oh, so I'm an early riser and I've always been this. So I wake up before before sunrise. I don't have an alarm clock. So I typically am up before 6 a.m., if not earlier than that. Um, And I, I, I do my best work in that first 30 minutes, 60 minutes of the day. So don't ask me why. I have no idea why, but I typically wake up and I'll, I'll try to accomplish like a major task I need to, to do. So sometimes if I have to write something or build a presentation or something that requires a little bit more creativity, that is the best time of day for me. And at nighttime, it's just whenever my family winds down, I get a chance to go to bed. So I don't have a, a specific uh, time I go to bed either. It's probably earlier than most people because of that early because I rise early. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely sometimes it's earlier than most of my family because they start to make fun of me being the old guy that falls asleep early. <laughs> but but yeah, it's uh, uh, you know bedtime is definitely before before midnight. Um, that's very impressive. A five handle wake up is it's not my cup of tea, but <laughs> I can I've heard people who wake up that early say it's a very productive time period for them. What are you reading right now? Well, you know, we like as you mentioned, we just took this integrity and race class offered by the University of Arkansas. So I've been reading, I finished reading the, the books that were provided in that series. So they're great books. One of the books is called So You Want to Talk About Race, which was just like great anecdotal stories about an a black lady growing up in our country and, and some of the things she experienced, which I, I, and how it relates to larger topics uh, with race relations. So I, I really enjoyed that book. It's also hard time to read right now because there's just so much happening in the world, right? You got to keep up with the pandemic. We just had the election. There's a lot of things to read about that too. So, um, and then, you know, just, just ongoing business uh, topics too. So I find myself reading a lot more of the press right now than I typically do. There's an inundation of information and it is hard to, it's hard to sort through. I, I agree. And that book is fantastic. We'll link to it so that other listeners can, can learn more about it. Uh, name one new habit you've developed in this 
post quarantine world. So, uh, you know, and this, this is going to tie back into how great of an area this is from an outdoor standpoint. So I've, I've been running a lot outdoors um, and I just make it a habit that I don't even get in my car. I just leave my house and either run on the roads or very close to the trail system, which you mentioned. And I can, you know, just run pretty much how, how far I can last on the trail. So, so I've been running. I don't go to a gym anymore, especially in this pandemic time. Uh, so I've been running outdoors, which has been f- uh, fantastic. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. So I find that I, I can run, listen to podcasts. The other things I do is I catch up on phone calls on my runs too. So I've had, I've had a few people laugh that I'm actually calling them on, on a run, but it, it's actually really productive. So um, it's been, it's been a fun new, new habit that I've started that I'm hoping to continue even past this po- uh, pandemic time frame. I'm very impressed. You would not want to talk to me while I was on a run. There's a lot of uh, uh, breathlessness <laughs> going yeah. on when I'm running. I, I, I probably don't run very fast anymore. So uh, it's more of a leisurely stroll than a run. <laughs> right. Um, and then lastly, is there anything I should have asked you, but I didn't? Uh, no, I think we covered a, a lot. So this is this is a great podcast. I, you know, one thing that I, I, I want to mention to the audience is that Endeavor and Plug and Play uh, as you mentioned, are very complementary to to each other in this area. So we look to to work together to help develop the entrepreneur in any capacity we can. Like you know, Plug and Play has the the reach in the corporate network, and then Endeavor has a great reach into this tremendous uh, network of mentors and uh, other uh, individuals that can help the entrepreneur develop. Uh, themselves, which I think is tremendous too. So I, I think it's very complimentary. I'm glad that Endeavor's in this area. I'm glad Plug and Play is in this area. And I'm, I'm looking to continue to develop the Northwest Arkansas ecosystem. Love that you said that. And, you know, we have some fantastic companies that in the supply chain space that I think will really benefit from the programming you guys provide. So more ways to work there too. So Greg, thanks so much for joining us. I always enjoy chatting with you. And, you know, I, I find so many similarities in our journey. We moved here around the same time and both in these organizations that promote and foster and build ecosystems around entrepreneurship. And it's always uh, wonderful collaborating with you. So thanks. Thank you. Special thanks to Greg for joining us on the show. For more information about Plug and Play, head to our website at EndeavorNWA.org. See you next week.